Good morning, everyone. I want to share just a couple of things before we hop into our message today. Just to, uh, first of all, remind you our our vision of our church. The, The church that we want to be is a church that helps people discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God. So just, you don't have to answer that out loud, but just think about what that means. How, how are we going to help people discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God? And we've had some examples of that over this last week. A small example in a big way, which is kind of a funny way to say this, was yesterday as we had the opportunity again to open up our facility to support our community in the, in the Peach Festival. And we literally had thousands of people in and out of our facility. And the service that we offered, air conditioning, restrooms, and water. That was it. Air conditioning, restrooms, and water. And I can't tell you how many people came in and said, thank you so much for this ministry that you do. And to do that, it took a massive team of volunteers. And if, I bet if you were to ask most of the volunteers, though yes, we worked hard, and yes, we're tired, and those type of things, you go, was this a difficult task to do? Well, no, what did you do? Well, I stood at a door and said, restrooms are here to the right. Restrooms are here to the right. I only repeated that 7,000 times yesterday. Restrooms are, are here to the right. Or you can come in here and sit and have some water. We had changing tables. We had nursing stations. We had things just to take care of people as they were here in our community. That's a small glimpse of what it means to help people discover that they're fully known and fully loved. Smiling faces, a place to rest, a place to sit. It was an awesome job that our church did yesterday in just loving in our community in that way. And so we deal with today that... Not everything may be put back in place in some of the classrooms or there's no parking signs everywhere or a large cell phone tower in our parking lot or things like that. We'll deal with that because we want to love on our community in that way. And it really is, guys, what we have been talking about this whole summer and where I will tell you as your pastor am 1,000% convinced that this is the direction that God is leading us. And I just smile and nod my head to the people who go, hey, I don't understand this, or I don't know why we're doing this, or I don't see where we're doing it. I just nod my head and change and go, if you'll just follow the Lord, we'll see where he's going to lead us in this. Because I don't have all the answers on this either. But just a quick note on that. If you haven't heard, we're changing our schedule, August the 29th. We're going to go to a new schedule. It's going to be 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship hours. So we're going to worship at 9. We're going to worship at 10.30. And what we're asking everyone to do as a member of First Baptist Church so that we can reach our vision of helping people discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God is we want you to have the opportunity to have an hour that you choose to worship, an hour that you choose to serve in the church because we could really use that just like we did yesterday. A little bit goes a long way when we all come together. And then we want to have an hour where you connect with other people. And what's going to be different about that is it's not going to be like it's been in the past. It's not going to be a typical Baptist Sunday school hour, which I know a lot of people are are questioning what that looks like and how we do that. So what we have done is for this whole month, and I'll do as many of these as I need to at whatever time I need to, we're inviting people to come to what we're calling model connect groups. And Julie and I are hosting them in our home. 
Uh, but we'll meet you at your house if you want to. We'll take you to lunch if you want to. We'll do something so that we can sit and talk with you because I want you to look at me and hear what I'm saying. Our desire is for everyone to discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God. That is our desire. And we realize that when we do things one way and one way only, that it doesn't fit the needs of people. So what we're asking is for you to tell us how can we possibly meet your needs better? What can we do as a church to help you discover that you're fully known and fully loved by God? And what can you do to help us be the church that will help others discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God? And that's gonna transition us right into where we are today. We've been talking about what it means to be the church this summer, and there's some things we've already talked about. First thing is that to be the church, I will pray for my partners. Have you been praying for the people who you go to church with? Or has it just been another message that Lundell said, and you go, man, it's a good message. And we go home and we don't actually do that. Have you discovered anybody new in the church this summer that you have taken up a prayer need for them and said, I'm going to start praying for this person. I don't know them. Here's a story I hear all the time in our church. I hear it all the time. I get people who get excited and go, you know what, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start introducing myself to people. And they'll go up to people in our church and they'll say, hey, I'm so-and-so and it looks like you're new here. And the person will look at them and go, I've been going here 20 years. Guys, that's not helping people discover they're fully known and fully loved by God. If we're gonna be the church, we're gonna pray for one another. We're gonna know one another. Now, another disclaimer, there's gonna be so many people you're not gonna know them all, okay? And that's okay. So give grace to people when they come up and say, hey, you're new. I'll give you a new phrase. Hey, you're new to me. So can you introduce yourself? Because that would be a more true phrase and maybe you won't get as embarrassed when you meet someone who's been here as long as you have and you're just getting to know them. But we're gonna pray for people. Have you done that? The second thing that we've talked about is we're going to advance the gospel. This is why the church exists. The church does not exist for me. Can we all say that in unison? The church does not exist for me. The church exists to advance the gospel. Thank you, Kyle. The church exist. Our church, any other church, exists to advance the gospel. That's why God has put us here. Because we're supposed to take his message of hope and we're supposed to share it with the world around us. And again, some simple way that we do that is open the doors and let people use the restroom and just have a smiling face and a conversation and an invitation. That's how we do that sometimes. It's not sometimes as complicated as we think that it is, but we want to advance the gospel. We want to share the love of God with others. The other thing we said is that if I'm going to be the church and I'm going to be present, and again, I told you this, this wasn't a sermon on attendance because I, can I just go ahead and tell you where I am? And I, boy, you can disagree with me on this because this is just personal opinion. We live in a world that makes it increasingly difficult for church attendance to look like it did when I was growing up. It, it just is. And I hear things all the time with people, hey, when are we going to do that? I'm like, well, we did it last week. Well, I wasn't able to be here last week. Okay. You know, so sometimes there's things going on. But I'm not talking about be present, just 
come to church, it would be kind of silly for me to look at people who are at church and go, y'all need to be at church. <laughs> okay. What I'm talking about in being present is have you built the type of relationships with others where you are present in their life and they are present in yours? And if that makes you a little uncomfortable, can I just say this? I believe everybody in here wants that type of relationship. I don't believe everybody in here knows how to get that type of relationship. I would put myself in that category. I lived a lot of my life thinking I could just do it on my own. But I realized more and more the need that I have to be present for others and to have others be present in my life when I need them. And so we want to build those type of relationships. And then ultimately what we said is we want to live in unity. God has given our church a vision and a purpose, and we want to gather together around that vision and that purpose and say, Lord, whatever it takes for us to do this, this is where we're going to get unified, in advancing the gospel, in loving other people, and in doing whatever it takes to be a light for you in this world. That's what we want to do. And everybody means everybody. So that leads us to this question today. <laughs> How? <laughs> How do I live this out? How do we do this? You know, this is what Paul's been talking about in the first part of Philippians. He's been telling the church in Philippi, you guys are doing a great job in living these things out. Don't let things get in your way. Take the next steps in doing this. Do whatever it takes to continue doing this. And then he tells them how. How to do this in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5. This is how we're going to do this, church. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant and taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he came, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God became human. The king became our servant <laughs> and life took on death. The attitude of Jesus Christ that is reflected here is one that says, I have it all. As Savior and Lord and Creator God, He had it all. And here's what He did with it. He gave every bit of it up so that we might have a relationship with Him. That's our example. That's how we do this. It's, it's a simple phrase. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. That sounds real simple, doesn't it? It's the goal of every follower of Jesus. We want to be like him. We should take on the characteristics of Jesus Christ in our life. We should put aside our desires and our characteristics and we should trust the loving creator God 
who laid himself aside for us and we should take on his characteristics. And when we do that, we discover life that goes beyond anything that we could possibly dream or imagine. Jesus Jesus himself said it in John 10.10, I have come so that they can have life and have it to the full. And so it's the goal for every one of us Be like Jesus. That's how we get these things done. And we we be like Jesus in everything all the time. So Paul writes it this way. In 1 Corinthians, when he writes to the church in Corinth, he says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Woo! Are you all awake? Whether you eat. Whether you drink, whatever you do, do that for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or the church of God. Just as I also, look at these words, just as I also try to please everyone in everything. If I were counseling Paul, I would say, Paul, would you stop trying to please everybody? And Paul would go, I live my life to try to please everybody. And I would go, I have a few things to learn. Paul says, I'm going to live in such a way that I try to please everyone and everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. We're going to advance that gospel. And then this is what he goes on to say. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Do what I do, and you will become closer to Christ couple of questions on that. One, could we say the same thing? It's a challenge to me every time I read that, that the Holy Spirit just says, Lyndall, if people start doing what you're doing, will they actually grow closer to Christ? Will it help them actually move closer to Christ? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. But the second thing that comes to mind to me is, is, you know, how do we do that? What does that look like? I cannot imitate someone I do not know. I cannot imitate someone I'm not growing closer to or or I'm not spending time with. So it's also a challenge to continue to do that because the reason behind this is we want to seek the benefit of many. Look at Paul's words, imitate me while I imitate Jesus. If you don't understand this, that our culture just kind of pushes into our life this idea that you just need to take care of yourself. But God's word continually says you just need to spend your life taking care of others and trust that God's big enough to be able to take care of you. And that's really how it's supposed to work. And everything in us is going to fight against that because there's something that's built inside of our heart and inside of our gut that makes us think that, oh, my gosh, I've, I've got to do these things or I've got, I've got to take care of this. And, and what God's word continues to say is, man, we just need to seek the benefit of many. What can I do? How can I live my life so that I can benefit others so that they might see God and glorify him? And if Paul's not good enough, Jesus actually said something similar. In John 5, 19, he's talking to his disciples and he says, truly I tell you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son likewise does these things. I can imagine this conversation, Jesus sitting with his disciples and his disciples going, you know, how are you doing these things? What are you doing? He goes, look, I'm not doing anything. What I'm doing is I'm following the words that God gives me and I'm living them out. And when I try to do things on my own, it's not going to happen. 
It's not going to be worthwhile. So I just simply try to take God's word and I try to live it out. And I think that's the example for us as well. We should take God's word and we should try to live it out. And we need to help one another to do that. I'm so incredibly thankful for the people in my life that speak into my life and help me take God's word and figure out what do I do with this? What does this look like? How do I live these things out? I could not possibly experience the fullness of life that God wants for me on my own. Impossible. I can only do that as God has given other people to help pour into my life. And so I want to live my life and strive to such a way to pour into theirs as well. So that's our goal, right? How many of you hit every goal you've ever put there in your life? Anyone go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, none of us. Because sometimes we have all the great intentions in the world and sometimes we, we start to do things or we have ideas and we want to do stuff and, and not everything here is going to work out. And so th- this week, even in, in the devotionals that we do on, in the mornings, we put those out on social media. <laughs> there is a verse that I think is very key for all of us as we strive to live and be like Jesus. And that verse simply had these words in it, love covers a multitude of sin. Amen because we're not gonna get it right all the time. We're gonna try things, we're gonna fail, we're gonna, we're gonna do stuff sometimes and we're gonna slip back into old habits or old ways, but love should be our motivation on all of this. Not being legalistic, not saying, well, there's only one way to do this and this is how you do this. Not trying to control or anything. We, we want to not be controlling, but we want to have self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. You do realize, right, the difference between self-control and legalism is the object of your discipline. The difference between self-control and legalism is the object of your discipline. To desire to live a disciplined way for myself, I will put disciplines in my life so that I can control myself so that somehow I might have a better result in my life. That's called exercise for some people. It's called study for some people. We, we put these things into our life because we think we're going to be a better person when we do that. But when we try to implement those things without relationship and without love onto other people, that's called legalism. That's called you should do these things. You should do that. You need to do this. You need to do that. But it's void of these type of things. The Bible talks a lot about self-control. And that's what we need to strive for. And so here's the truth that Paul is articulating. The right attitude will lead to the right actions. He's given us the example of Jesus Christ to make this point that the right attitude will lead us to the right actions. It's, the opposite is not always a guarantee. See, that's the essence of legalism is we start with actions and we say people need to do, people need to do, people need to do. And it's like, no, people need to be. People need to discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God. And when they begin to discover that there is a God who created them, who loves them, who can give their life purpose and meaning beyond anything else, then actions will begin to follow. And God will begin to do things with them and raise up within them things in life that we'll see incredible miracles happen. But when we start with what we think people should do, then sometimes we don't always get to the attitudes that we should have. But when we start with the heart 
and with the attitude, then it always will lead us in the right place and right action. That's why he says right here, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. In humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. And here's what he's already said to the church. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for you in every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it to completion He's already been telling them, you are doing the right things. You are getting these things done. You are a blessing to me. You are a blessing to others. And then he continues still to remind them, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves, more important than yourselves. Looking not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. You see, I think I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. In our economy, in a human economy, in culture's economy, we think if I'm not taking care of myself, then nobody is. And so I need to take care of my things. And then if I have enough time or if I have enough left over, well, then maybe I'll be able to take care of someone else. And really then what's happening at that point in time, just imagine this. If everyone in here was taking care of themselves, we all think, well, that'd be a good thing. Everybody's taking care of themselves. But then who's taking care of me? One person's taking care of me. But in God's economy, if everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ is striving to have the attitude of Jesus Christ and is striving to live out the things of Christ, then what's happening is we are a part of a community of people who are not only looking to their own interests but considering the interests of others and considering others as more important than themselves. And now all of a sudden I might have 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 people looking and going, I can help that person. I can be a part of this. If we're all giving everything that we have to pour ourselves out to consider others better than ourselves, then we're receiving that from others who are doing that as well. But God is taking care of us. Here's what it takes. A step of faith. A step of faith. To say, okay, God, I'm going to trust that this is going to happen. Because James, the half-brother of Jesus, puts it this way. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works, can such a faith save him? He's saying there's things that we need to be doing. There's stuff that needs to happen for this to come to fruition. So with the right attitude in place, then right actions will begin to lead to positive results, right? Right actions lead to positive results. This means sometimes you don't see it until you do it. I'm gonna say that again. Sometimes it means you don't see it until you do it. And even further than that, sometimes you don't see it until you do it consistently. I could get up tomorrow and attempt, and I, I do use the word attempt, attempt to go running. And then I could go home and go, okay, where, where are my results? <laughs> my results are I'm tired, I'm sweaty, and I hurt now. That's my results. It's not fun when it gets started. But if I were to do that, let me just ask you a simple question. If for the next 30 days I got up and ran a mile every morning, what would it look like in 30 days? Looked pretty good, wouldn't it? I'd probably be able to do it better 30 days from now than I did on day one, wouldn't I? 
And so that's it. Sometimes we don't see these things until we actually do them. And so God is inviting us to take on his attitude and to trust him and to begin to live considering others better than ourselves and to advance his gospel and to love other people. And when we begin to do that, then that's when we'll begin to see the results that happen for living in Jesus. So many people I have seen, I have heard, I have had conversations with who go, you know, I've tried that church thing and it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I went once. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for coming once, you know. You've got to let these things kind of take shape before we can see these things. So the bottom line question for all of us is, are we truly striving to be like Jesus? Because if we are truly striving to be like Jesus, what are the results that we're going to see? Paul says it right here. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the goal. This is the ultimate in selflessness, doing whatever it takes so that I'm building others up and so that I'm helping them discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God. That's the ultimate in selflessness. Paul writes to the church in Colossus, he says this, for this reason, also since the day we heard this, we have not stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. God has laid his life down so that we may find life. And his invitation, as scary And as intimidating as it is, is for us to lay our lives down so that others may continue to find life. And in doing so, he will lift us up. It all starts in my heart. It all starts in my heart. Would you bow your heads with me for just a second?